Welcome to the Old Fashioned On Purpose podcast. Today we are talking all things raw milk. Maybe with the weirdness of the food supply lately, you are debating buying milk locally and you're looking at your options and you've seen folks offering raw milk and you're wondering, why the heck should I bother? So as someone who has basically been obsessed with raw milk for the last eight years or so, I wanted to give you my thoughts, my experience, why we have milk cows, and some of the science behind why raw milk is actually pretty amazing stuff. I'm your host, Jill Winger, and this is the podcast for the trailblazers, the mavericks, the makers, the homesteaders, the modern pioneers, and the backyard farmers. If you're ready to boost your food security and live a more homegrown lifestyle, this is the place for you. Hey friends, I'm interrupting this episode for just a sec because I know a lot of you are planning on expanding your homestead efforts this year and you are in need of some supplies. Because it's more important than ever to be supporting small businesses, I wanted to tell you about one of my favorites, Layman's Hardware. Trust me, if you're listening to this podcast, then I guarantee that Layman's is pretty much your dream store. They're all about supporting old-fashioned people like us, and they carry everything from kitchen supplies to canning equipment to gardening tools and everything in between. I have yet to find any homesteading supply store as comprehensive as they are. And guess what? They are offering a special discount on all of their baking supplies just for my listeners. Use code JILLMAY when you check out to save 10% on anything in the baking category. So head on over to theprairiehomestead.com slash layman's, L-E-H-M-A-N-S, check out all they have to offer and take advantage of your coupon. Now back to the show. So let's start off in case this is totally new to you. What the heck is raw milk? Because it's kind of a weird name, right? Basically, it is just unpasteurized milk. So it's not been cooked. Raw milk will also, because it hasn't been processed or pasteurized, it's going to also be non-homogenized, which means that cream will rise to the top. Homogenization is what they do to milk in stores that makes it all be the same, right? No cream rises. We don't have to worry about differing cream lines. They can really standardize milk with that process. So raw milk is straight from the cow. It is milk in its most pure form. It's creamy. It's amazing. The thing I love about it the most is it's alive. It's a living food. And for someone like me, who is into food in its most unprocessed form, it just makes sense. Now, as you might have guessed, this is not a cut and dried topic. There's a lot of debate. Um, There are some concerns around raw milk. You can really get into some interesting discussions about this online. So I want to dive in a little bit deeper today. Not only why we have had a milk cow for this long, but also some of the science behind why raw milk can be really, really good for you. Okay, first things first, let's talk a minute about pasteurization, because I think it's important to understand the history here. Obviously, as humans have consumed milk over the millennia, it has been raw for the most part, right? Because they didn't have a choice. 
Um, that has been the norm of milk consumption. Now, the problem is when things started to shift really was kind of in the 1800s. So what, what happens, what the, the situation was, I would say early 1800s, there was a lot of babies dying, like about 8,000 infants a year were dying with this diarrhea stuff and people couldn't figure out what it was. They had all kinds of names for it. They were confused. They're like, what is happening? Um, and so there's a lot of debate. There's a lot of concern. And what they discovered was happening was that cow's milk, which back then was considered to be an equal substitute for breast milk. They were given the cow milk to the babies and the cow milk is what was in essence killing the infants. And it wasn't just any cow milk. It was cow milk from dairies that were called swill dairies. And a swill dairy was a dairy that was usually in a city because they were trying to, you know, make it less transport because fresh milk, it's a little trickier to transport. Um, They had these dairies in the city. So they were cramped and they were small and they were attaching them to whiskey distilleries because they could take the spent grains from the distilleries and feed them to the cows. And it was a way to use up the waste and it was cheaper, right? And they would pump these cows full of these spent grains. They called them, that's what they call it, the swill, right? And so they discovered that at first the cows didn't want to eat it, but when they were hungry enough, they, you know, they would eat the spent grains and they would increase their milk production. Now, the problem was because this is not a healthy diet, right? The cows had no fresh air pasture. It was very unhealthy conditions. And there was just a complete lack of understanding back then of how bacteria and germs work. The milk was disgusting and filthy. So when you feed that milk to babies, it's not good. And that is what was causing these massive amounts of deaths in babies. Um, so there was kind of long story short, a couple guys who brought that out and called attention to it. Um, one guy in particular, Robert Hartley, what he was kind of the first one to be like, hello, look what is happening. And everyone thought he was dumb. (laughs) Does that sound familiar at all? When someone comes up against the food system and they're like, you're stupid, stop talking. Hmm. That never happens. I'm sure in our modern time, because we're smarter than that. (laughs) Ha ha. But anyway, um, He brought some attention to it. There was another publication that started to talk about it. And everyone realized, finally, oh my goodness, this is not working. And so the solution was, hey, if we cook the milk, it's better, right? We kill off the bacteria, we kill off the bad bacteria, and it's good. So who who would have thought you cook the milk and the babies stop dying? Now, there were some other issues because you feed kids cooked cooked cow milk. It's not great. You know, you could feed babies that instead of... um, Breast milk or formula, it's not ideal nutrition. So that didn't solve all the problems, but the deaths decreased, right? And so that became the norm was we pasteurize the milk, it's safe, and that's just how we roll. And that's kind of how we are up to this point. Now, in that situation, pasteurization was definitely called for. Um, So that was a good idea (laughs) before they understood all the ins and outs of bacteria and germs and cleanliness, Um, absolutely preferred than drinking dirty milk from sick cows. But our understanding of science has changed a lot over the years. And so there's a large number of people, including myself, who are passionate about going back to raw milk, or let me rephrase that. I just want to have the choice. And if someone else isn't comfortable with that, that's fine. Like, 
you know, pasteurized milk is still available. But I'd like to have the choice because I do believe that raw milk is better for you. It's a living food. It's unprocessed. We apply that logic to pretty much any of these foods. And it usually holds true that our bodies prefer the unprocessed versions. So therefore, we have three milk cows right now. We do not pasteurize the milk. In fact, I have never pasteurized the milk from our animals. We milk them out. We strain it to get any floaties. Sometimes you get a hair in there. It happens. Uh, we chill it for 24 hours and then we drink it period end. It's the way we've done it for eight years. We've never once got sick, never once had any problem with it. So like I said, I think this is a personal choice. Um, I'm going to give you in a minute, some of the reasons I chose raw milk, but ultimately if it's something you're not comfortable with, I think that's cool. Uh, I just think having the choice is important. Now the problem is in our current food climate, raw milk is demonized. And in most states in the United States, it is illegal to sell raw milk. Whether you're selling it to your neighbor or you're trying to sell it in a grocery store, it is not allowed. And that's the piece I don't like because I, I feel like I want to be able to have that option. And if someone believes it's better for them or their children, or they react better to raw milk, I think it's important that we have that available. So I have some tips for you at the end of this episode on how you can source it, even if you live in a state where you can't buy it at the grocery store. But first off, let's get into some of the science. Now, like I did on my grass-fed beef episode, I tried to pick sources that are not biased because there's a lot of websites about raw milk, some really good websites about raw milk. But I feel like maybe some of you will need some sources that are not from a raw milk fanatic like I am. So these are pretty neutral. Um, okay, the first one, and I will put these in the show notes if you want to check the links out yourself. This is from sciencedirect.com. And this is a quote from one of their studies on raw milk. The fatty acid composition of cow's milk has become less favorable to human health in the last four decades due to the changed feeding and management practices, notably higher proportions of concentrates, that's grain, and silages in diets with less grazing. Essential fatty acid and conjugate, conjugated linoleic acid, also known as CLA, we talked about that in the grass-fed beef episode, uh, concentrations have generally declined and with more low fat dairy products, human intake of these fatty acids has declined even further since ruminant food products are the main source of human CLA intake. They go on to say that milk from cows fed fresh green forage, especially those grazing grass had a much higher unsaturated to saturated fat proportion with more polyunsaturated fatty acids and more CLA than milk from silage fed cows. So I should have prefaced that. That's more on the grass-fed side of things versus grain-fed. So that's less about raw milk. But they found that um, cows fed primarily grass, fresh green forage, had much more or had a higher unsaturated fat ratio and more CLA in the milk, right? Kind of what we see similar to some of the grass-fed statistics. So if you have raw milk from grass-fed cows, which is what we do, and that is my favorite, you should see the color of our milk right now. It's golden. It is beautiful. It's not that anemic white. It's golden from the cows eating grass, fresh green grass. So it's a lot better for you. 
Okay, now let's get into what pasteurization does. Another article from sciencedirect.com said that pasteurizing milk showed a decrease in manganese. I can never say that word. Manganese. It's a like a mineral, right? I just can't say it. I sound like a bumbling idiot when I try to pronounce it. I don't know. It's like a tongue twister. That thing, a decrease in that thing, copper and iron. And in case you, you doubt my credibility, I don't know why, you can go check out that link in the show notes. Okay, another one that I really like was on pubmed.gov. And I'll include that link in the show notes. That's kind of the archive of all sorts of scientific literature stuff. But there is a study on that website that explains that kids who were fed unpasteurized milk at a younger age had less incidences of asthma. Pretty interesting, don't you think? It kind of goes along with some of the studies we've seen about kids raised in a rural setting who have less allergies. And the theory is, obviously, they have a more robust immune system because they're exposed to more stuff. Um, Now, this is a fascinating one. This is on the CDC website, cdc.gov. Now, they are not pro-raw milk. They hate raw milk, and they will do everything they possibly can to convince you that if you drink raw milk, you will die. You will die. So this was fascinating that even though they're very much against it, and you can hear the languaging in this, I'm going to read it to you. Um, they're, try- they're still trying to discount it, but they also cannot ignore the science here. This is from the CDC, and I quote, the heating process of pasteurization inactivates some enzymes in the milk. Hmm, interesting. But then they follow it up by saying, oh, but scientists do not believe these enzymes are important in human health. Okay, CDC, cool, whatever. Okay, continuing with a quote, some nutrients are somewhat reduced in pasteurized milk, but... The U.S. diet has plenty of other sources of these nutrients. Also, mm mm-hmm, okay, sure. (laughs) And they said, for example, vitamin C is reduced by pasteurization. So even though they're trying really hard to convince you raw milk is bad, they still had to concede that it reduces the enzymes and it reduces the nutrients in the milk. So I will let you do with that information whatever you want to do with it. Um, But interesting. So beyond the health benefits of all the extra enzymes and good bacteria and more vitamins and all that good stuff. There's a couple other reasons that I'm pretty much obsessed with raw milk. Um, number one, it's creamy. Like today we measured three inches or more of cream on a gallon of milk. And that is magical. And the other thing I love about it is that it is so much more versatile than pasteurized milk. A lot of cheese making requires raw milk because when it milk is cooked and homogenized, it just messes things up, the structure of the milk. So a lot of cheese making, you need to have raw milk to start or for best results. Um, and the cool thing about this, I have a post on my blog about what to do with soured milk. Pasteurized milk, when it goes bad, it's just gross. You probably should just toss it. But raw milk, I don't, it doesn't really go bad in the traditional sense. It just changes forms. So if you have soured raw milk, you can still use it in baking. If it gets really sour, it turns into clabber and it will actually begin to separate and you'll get a curd layer and a whey layer. And you can eat the curds, you can um, cut them up, you can use the whey. I have another blog post about how to use whey for all sorts of things, or you just feed it to your dogs and your chickens and your pigs and they love it. So 
raw milk just changes forms and it, and it is really cool. All the good bacteria and enzymes are constantly working in that milk and it's kind of magical. So there's the benefits. There are risks. I, I just need to be straight up with you. There are risks in consuming raw milk. I would also argue, however, that there are risks in anything we eat. Like how many times a year do we hear of people dying from cantaloupe that they bought at the grocery store or spinach, or there's a recall on lettuce, or someone goes to a fast food joint and gets E. coli from a hamburger. So there is an inerrant risk with anything we put in our mouth. After a lot of research though, many, many years worth of research and just consuming this milk, this is a risk I feel like is very small and it's a risk that we are personally willing to take. Um, a couple things to keep in mind. If you are sourcing raw milk, make sure you're getting it from a raw milk dairy because their cleanliness and their practices will be far different than a dairy that is has milk that is destined for pasteurization. Some of the biggest instances or outbreaks of diseases related to raw milk has been from folks who went to a traditional dairy and they just grabbed a cup of milk out of the bulk tank. I would not recommend that. I would not drink raw milk out of the bulk tank from a regular dairy. They have not been as stringent with their practices to, to make that feel safe to me. A raw milk dairy, though, a good one, they are super crazy about their cleanliness, cleanliness standards. They will have <clears throat> ideally been sending the milk in for tests, sometimes Sometimes milk, uh, excuse me, dairies will send it in monthly to, a, to send in a milk sample. They have a lab test it for bacteria counts. They'll be testing that. Their cows will be tested. They're meticulous with their cleanliness of how they milk and if they're using a milking machine, how they clean the machine. Um, so there's nothing wrong with visiting the dairy or asking them questions, but I'm guessing that your average raw milk dairy, their standards are going to be pretty darn impressive. So keep the risks risks in mind. Um, like I said, there's risks with anything you put in your mouth and you get to make the choice. You ultimately get to make the choice for your family. But I know for us, we are wholehearted supporters of the raw milk idea. So the last question I wanted to address is how the heck do you find it? Because <laughs> I know a lot of you live in states where it is illegal. In Idaho, my home state, you can go to the local food co-op which is a store, like a grocery store, and buy milk in the cooler, which is a blast. Um, here in Wyoming, you cannot do that. However, while our food laws used to be pretty dismal, about five years ago, we passed the Food Freedom Act. I think that's what it's called, Wyoming Food Freedom. And we can now legally sell raw milk like a, like a, on a small basis. I can sell raw milk to a friend and not get in trouble. That is legal which I think that has been the best thing to ever happen to Wyoming. I'm super grateful that that legislation happened because we're actually preparing right now with our new milking parlor. We have a milking machine arriving any day. We will be able to sell raw milk to the public for the first time. And I'm really excited about that. Um, so check the laws of your state. You Maybe you get lucky you're in a state where you can buy it outright. If not, you have a couple options. Um, the first is a cow share. So the way that a state gets around sometimes the, these regulations is that farmers can sell shares in their cow, which means I own part of a cow, right? Farmer Bob has a cow. He, 
I pay X amount of dollars every year and I own part of the cow. And my benefit from being a cow owner of this cow that lives at Farmer Bob's farm and he does all the work is that I get some milk, right? And that is a way that a lot of these states' laws are not written to prohibit cow ownership and they can't tell you what to do with your own cow. And so a cow share is a legal way to work around these restrictions. Um, Sometimes you have to hunt a little bit for the cow share program, but it can work out really, really well. Another option that I've known people to try is um, sometimes you can sell raw milk as pet food. So people will have it labeled as for pet consumption only, wink, wink, (laughs) and you can go get it that way. So that's another workaround, you know, go buy some raw milk for your dog. I'm sure they'll like it and you can source it in that kind of a roundabout method. So those are some tricks. I hope as folks wake up more to food freedom issues that we will see states start to loosen this grip on the idea of raw milk, even if it's not something that can, you know, they don't want to let it be sold in the stores, just to follow in Wyoming's footsteps and allow neighbor to sell to neighbor, I feel like is just a basic freedom. Um, It keeps the farmers responsible, right? Uh, I know in the raw milk that we sell, we're going to be testing the cows, testing the milk and have the utmost cleanliness because that responsibility is on me. And it also creates more discerning consumers because they get to make those choices for themselves and have a more active role in what they're buying and understanding why. So I'm a fan. Hopefully, if you're brand new to this idea of raw milk, this episode just gave you some food for thought. Go do some research of your own. Check it out. See what you think. Talk to some friends. But all in all, I definitely think raw milk is worth the little bit of extra work it takes to find it. So if you are ready to do this homestead thing, but you're not quite sure where to start, well, I have something that will help. I have created an entire library of resources for homestead folk just like you, and you can get complimentary access over at theprairiehomestead.com grow. And that is it for today, my friend. Don't forget to hit subscribe so all of the new episodes will show up in your podcast player. Thanks so much for listening. It's always a pleasure. We'll catch up on the next episode of the Old Fashioned On Purpose podcast.